Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth, shifting you into higher consciousness, a show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden Kim include bold topics, interviews with inspiring guests, experts, and celebrities, intuitive readings, channeled messages, mental health awareness, and hot topics to expand your awareness. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. It's Kim and Eden. Hello, Eden. Hi, everyone. Hi, Kim. Thank you for listening to our uh, this new episode of ours. Yes. Happy Valentine's. Oh, right. Yeah. And Valentine's can be, it sounds so cheesy, but Valentine's can be Galentine's and you can be single and have a good Valentine's with your, your friends too. Um, mm-hmm. I guess you should be, be, you know, equal and I'll say guy in time. I was thinking that <laughs> I was just thinking what, how can that go? A guy in times that sounded so, so dumb, but yeah, it works. <laughs> Well, it's all cheesy anyway, so who cares? We we decided we had Joe Whitcomb on our our podcast back. We were talking about what's going on and still going on in the Ukraine. Um, And he specializes in experiencing trauma. And we thought that would be great to have him back on Time for Valentine's All About Relationships. So welcome back, Joe. Great to be back. Thank you. It's been a while. Great yeah. to see you guys again. Yeah. I am, you know, I'm actually in Tenerife, Canary Islands you know, of Spain. So I'm just right off oh. the West African continent there off of uh, Western Sahara right now. I'm spending my spending my winter here until spring. Nice. And I'll be, uh, then I'll be in Corsica, France. So just island hopping right now. What a life. I know. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a benefit of being like a digital nomad and doing telehealth. You can, you can live and work, and mm-hmm. I can work right on the beach and yeah, and and uh, and do this. So it's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit more about what you do and how how you found your calling and what what you focus on the most now. Uh, well, my my. My big D discovery was in doing trauma-informed uh, relationship psychotherapy about 30 years ago using uh, an attachment form-based, uh, uh, trauma-informed-based, uh, emotionally focused couple therapy. And then there's imago therapy and PACT and other. Uh, and one of the big things that I, I definitely work with, especially working with trauma, is anything that has to do with the somatic experience experience. Uh, neuro the neuroscience the body body keeps a score type work um because that's almost necessary to be when you're working with trauma mm-hmm. uh, especially in a in a dyadic type of relationship type of therapy mm-hmm. you know yeah do you i have a question that just popped in my head do you feel that sometimes better to avoid things that are triggers when someone's experienced trauma or do you feel like people should face their triggers um yeah i absolutely uh you have to face the dragons and be able to name and tame those dragons because 
Otherwise, it's like whack-a-mole. You know, it's fun for the fight first five minutes, but then after, <laughs> it's exhausting, you know. And so everybody gets sort of, so when you're kind of walking on eggshells with everybody, right? So, yeah, I think it's really super important that we learn to own and take charge of our of our our our, our wounds, our trauma, right? In a way, uh, it hurts, right? So, but facing it is one of the most important things that we can do to slay the dragons, right? And when I'm doing it with couples, right, as a dyad, we're able to help this couple learn how to come alongside each other and face the dragon together mm. and work beyond the trauma loops and the trauma injury that keeps reenacting itself mm -hmm. as a vicious cycle, right? Yeah. So uh, we got to break the cycle up, right? And help them help them to learn how to engage uh, in a safe way, you know, so that they both are not, because they get triggered, right? So it's sort of like he gets triggered and then she gets triggered and now you're in this whole sort of reactive dance yeah. and and so that's that's the big part of the EFT model, right? The, the the cycle, understanding the negative dance and stuff. Yeah, and I just came up with some example just came up, so I'm just going to say it of what you're talking about, like the getting triggered. It could be as simple as like the the wife is doing the laundry for mm -hmm. the husband, and she's so triggered by it because she doesn't want to be doing his laundry, but there's something deeper. And then he gets mad at her because she's not doing it right. Or she's taking too long to do it. And, and there, and he's coming from a whole something else that happened that he has not healed yet. They're not really mad at each other, you know, for, for the laundry. <laughs> right. They, right. Just, right. They get triggered and that they pick right. on each other for the smallest right. things. Yeah. Right. So these triggers sort of echo back some old attachment injury, right? Yeah. Where maybe for her, growing up as a parentified child, taking care of mom and dad and everybody's emotions, and then maybe being the oldest, having to be the caretaker for everybody else, and sort of a, a very intrusive parent who's more critical, you know, yeah, she's going to be very sensitive, right, to mm -hmm. any type of... of like feeling, you know, and he's going to, and he, he's going to totally feel her distress and anxiety and her distancing, which would probably trigger whatever's going on in his abandonment trauma. Right. Mm -hmm. So now you got this pursue, withdraw, pursue, withdraw sort of cycle. <clears throat> so getting him to stop that dance. Yeah. And it is something once you do this type of work, it, everything mm -hmm. could be so much more peaceful mm -hmm. yeah. and the love is felt you can actually feel the love <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah and and it's in that relationship sort of through this hard-won confidence now and resiliency can kind of put grow through some of the pain points that used to exist mm -hmm. that would sort of stop them or block them right so mm -hmm. they can move beyond you know the cycle itself into you know better caretaking behavior or caring behaviors and stuff like that so yeah yeah i love the work you know uh 
a lot of people ask me why I had gone to Ukraine. That was my other passion. As I had taken my, I've been doing research and development for trauma-informed mixed reality, VR, AR, for the metaverse. So that was sort of development. Um, about 10 years ago, I found this hole in the universe called trauma-informed VR. And there was nothing going on. And I thought, well, we got to distill this whole huge ocean of like trauma-informed content into a drop called VR goggles, right? So that's one of the reasons we went there. We're still working on the on the project, but it's sort of on hold because everybody in Ukraine's been sort of displaced and uh, around Europe. But uh, yeah, keep your, keep those guys in your prayers. It's still coming down pretty intense. It's almost been a year, guys. It's almost mm-hmm. been a year. Wow. Next month. Next month. Wow. That's a lot of trauma to speak of. Um, <clears throat> some of the things that we wanted to talk to you about, you are a very good writer. So we took some of your writings, articles, posts, and kept some of the ones that were compelling for our show. And so I'll start with this one. So you wrote, when I look around the world and I see the intense change and tragedy, pain, conflict, it all seems to be created by us humans. We are a funny breed and most of us have never been formally taught how to do relationships. And the first relationship we never learned how to do is the relationship to ourselves. So how could we possibly really know how to do relationships with others? So can you talk about this a bit more and how can we as humans learn to do relationships yeah yeah well one of the first things a lot of kids as kids that we lost right was that sense of safety and security in the world right so there was just so our world got really tight and constricted and we forgot to learn how to play and have fun right because that's the first thing we sort of as we forget to do is to get our nervous systems to regulate again is through play and through putting ourselves into to experience these things, but also the play in the context of relationship, right? And that play can also be like you guys are talking about in one of your episodes that I was listening to, um, but also like, you know, uh, dating yourself, right? Going out and dating and finding out what you really love, right? Like uh, I went single for you know, I dated a lot, but it was more like one, but more about dating being a practice of getting to know me, right? Mm-hmm. What, what do I want? What do I not want? What can I live with? What cannot live with? What can I live without? What can I, really getting honest, knowing ourselves. Um, I have a bias. Uh, my bias is that we're, we're like born, created, you know, wired for love, connection, a sense of belonging. We, we learn the relationships through our incompetent giant relationships, right? So we learned them that way. And then we have to sort of, now we got wounded by that, right? So all the trauma or abuse or neglect, whatever was happening, that was the wounding, right? So, so where we're wounded relationally, this is kind of a Harville Hendricks statement. He always says this all the time, but where we're wounded relationship is where we need to be healed but we get healed in the context of relationships. So they kind of look at the the learning ourselves, not just on an island, but in the context of a relationship being mm. the crucible, the mirror, right? So 
Yeah. Yeah, we, we tend to forget that that it is like a mirror, but people mm -hmm. don't, don't want to admit that and blame, you know. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, because one of the couple of things that's really hard for us to really accept about relationships is that, I mean, we got to roll up our sleeves in the beginning because there's you got to work through some pain, uncertainty, mm -hmm. and be willing to develop some of that. I mean, obviously, if it's abuse or you know abusive stuff, I mean, the big stuff. But there's just day to day stuff that we have to learn to tolerate and accept, right? Um, <laughs> like I'm charmingly messy, you know. <laughs> what are you gonna do about that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, something like that can or cannot may not be uh, a deal breaker for someone else. Right, right, right. Okay. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay, you were also wrote, relationship is at the heart of everything. We are in relationship to everything and everyone. We might become an advanced mediator, but experience the same habitual patterns in relationship. Mm -hmm. taking your relationship challenges to the yoga mat and island or in na into nature is fine but it will only take you so far and that alone mm -hmm. reminds me of like the bachelor how you know when they're in the fantasy of, of yeah. the relationship and then when they come into reality most yeah. of them break up yeah right <laughs> yeah um, and then I'll continue. It says, for me, sometime the path and road I was on took me to, to circus, a ghost town, a dead end, I, a left or right turn. I ended up in a foreign country and a distant land full of unexpected conundrums, which was exactly the perfect blessing and just the right gift. A wild ride back home into my heart in gratitude. The big D which is quote unquote discovery was to really heal your relationship issues. You must do, do so in relationship ergo wounded mm. or broken in relationship. We can only heal in the context of relationship. Why is this so important and how can it be life changing for us? That was a great question. You asked, <laughs> can you answer it please? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we look at relationship, like, like if I'm getting into a relationship just to be happy, right? Mm. Um, I'm going to fail. <laughs> but if I'm going into this relationship to grow, right, with my intention, mm. right, to grow the relationship, right, to know myself, right? You know, and it's hard to see the picture when we're in the frame. So it's mirroring me back and so the idea i think going back to like knowing having a healing ourselves in in the relationship is can we well can we heal outside the context of relationship yeah we can to a to a limit to a limit right mm -hmm. i mean i can be on a deserted island and meditate every day and deal with all my interpersonal, you know, drama and trauma, right? But then I have to go back to society, right? Mm -hmm. My relationship with society now, I'm having to deal with all the stuff that was wounded between us. Right. 
right? That space between. Now there's the three people, right? You, me, and we. So this, so now the we is part of what, if that's the part that keeps, because we keep reiterating or reenacting whatever that we, where the we got broken, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where the trust, where the trust, where the fracture mm -hmm. right. occurred, right? So now we're, now I could have healed that myself, but man, I'm dealing with someone else that hasn't dealt with healing their wound. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now what are you going to do? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So are you then saying that when somebody, uh, when, a, when a, a couple needs to um, do work on their relationship, it's best to stay in the relationship to heal, to heal it rather than split and do their work on their own and, and never go back to it, to each other. Cause then they'll probably repeat it. Sometimes I like to say most of the times, but mm -hmm. that would be the hope most of the time. Uh, yeah. But, but, but sometimes no. Right. Um, if there's abuse, there's trauma, there's, okay. uh, you know, there's, you know, the big, big three threats, you know, then you got to separate and go do a lot of, yeah inner work on your person because the goal there is to make sure that both are feeling you know safe enough to re-engage to have the you know have the dialogue you know that's kept them in a sort of an impasse the gridlock for so long so yeah they got to be and we got to make sure that they have the tools and resources to be able to you know work through any challenges that might be coming up but yeah, we I, I I tend to when dealing with some of those things have to vet them out first, make sure that they yeah. are are uh are um qualified, I guess, to to do the therapy itself. So Yeah. It is it because both parties have to want to do the work? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I you know, false hope doesn't feel good to anybody. Right. Uh, so yes. Uh, we don't inspire with false hope, right? Because that's just trying to, you know, push a boulder up a mountain and while trying to hurt cats, it doesn't work, right? Mm -hmm. So we go with what's work, what we're with, what we can start resourcing that's workable, and so we just start with the the person that's you know, um, you know, in the well. So when they're in the well, right? So I where it's dark and negative and stuff that, you know, I just learned to have to learn to jump in the well with them, you know, <laughs> to sit with the, sit with them in the well and be there. Uh, and, you know, and that's part of what I love too, is you know, having gone through, I was military and going through the war, just not wasting pain, right. Being able to sit in trauma and sit with the pain and sit with the darkness and, and be okay you know? mm -hmm. and uh yeah and but knowing when to jump in and, and also when not to jump in so you know keep it but uh yeah yeah you you it's also good. talk about related to what you were talking about now you talk about it's better to make relationships a practice or a process instead of destination what does that mean yeah well, uh, everything's, you know, because um, kind of think of the destination like the you guys are talking about the ideal, 
right? We have this p- p- perfect picture, snapshot, the ideal, right? Mm-hmm. And the ideal is what we all want, right? In a relationship, right? But the ideal is this illusion that is, because the picture, the image is static. It doesn't have any movement. We don't know how we got there. It just sort of shows up as this perfect image of of the destination, right? Oof, can't wait to get there. Get to LA and it's all trash, traffic, and graffiti, right? Oh, it doesn't match the picture. Uh-huh. And and now we're like, so we have the ideal and the real, right? And then there's this gap, this huge, massive gap between the real and the ideal in the relationship. And so there's all this frustration between here and there and how we get there, right? Because we're all trying to get this ideal and when it doesn't me- measure up to or the wish merger I had with you, you know, because now it's not the wish that I had to merger that you had this certain skill or ability or talent or whatever. It's not there right now. And and so now I protest much to get what I need. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so that perfect snapshot is, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something to strive for, but, but there's a lot of, you know, you got to take a lot of acceptance of pain and, and, and uncertainty to be able to be, do, and have that, you know, as a couple, right? right. That's why the, pra- but it's a practice, it's a practice in the sense, like, and it's a path, like learning about our attachment styles and why we love feel and act the way we do right so understanding that in the context of the relationship and the but how we sort of dance like the music of the dance the emotion of the dance and the the dance itself the practice how do we practice communicating resolving conflict and how do we practice you know uh working through you know uh you know competing you know values or dreams right that that may come up like how do we practice you know these things so that we can develop more of an emotional resiliency and muscle you know and strengthen the attack to get more to a secure base in the attachment connect you know attachment bond and you also say that it's important to feel discomfort in relationship yeah 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 Mm -hmm. And yeah, tolerating tolerating ambiguity, or Dan Siegel talks about tolerating, you know, the ambivalence, or tolerating, you know, uncertainty, expanding the window of tolerance for mm-hmm. things that create discomfort, right? Like, wow, I just texted my girlfriend, and it's been three hours since I've heard from her, right? <laughs> And it triggers something in the attachment system, right? Like abandonment, danger, 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 right? Yeah. And then the attachment protests. Now he's blowing up her phone, you know, because her phone died or whatever. But these triggers, right, that come out. So healing that. So how do we heal? Like, and she goes, I'm flooded. I just got all these texts from you, right? So he's trying to pursue. She's withdrawing and you get in this whole stuff. But trying to learn hey what's happening what's going on in here right because we're trying to connect out there 
But if I'm not connected here, I can't really connect out there because what right. I'm doing, trying to connect to doesn't regulate what I need, right? Because I need yeah. to go back here where it's safe, right? I need yeah. to feel safe. Makes a lot of sense. Um, also, how can we experience relationships positively after the trauma? Yeah, well, for everybody, that's a hard question to answer right because it's everybody's trauma hits us in different ways so um sometimes by lightning sometimes like it's immediate sometimes it's mm -hmm. it's a slow rising insidious flood that it could be a trauma event or experience and so how do we find joy again is yeah facing these things again but not going it alone right this is something it's a it's something that we can't do alone right um and we need to find you know our our 911 support groups right there to to help us right maybe we need people to jump in the well with us right um because i don't know how to get out of it right mm -hmm. so so yeah i think you know when when can you ask me the question again i i had it in the and then i sort of oh my experience. AD, my ad my ADD spun me into a vortex. Okay. <laughs> so how do we experience relationships positively after trauma? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a bitter, this is a hard one for me. This is how I did it. Okay. Yeah. This okay. is how I did it. I, 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 and I think for a lot of people finding your path, your, your way of grieving and healing trauma, there's a lot uh, for me. Um, you know, I, I chose not to face my, to, to, I chose to not waste my pain. And that meant I had to face it head on. Like when I went through, uh, when I went through the trauma of the war in Ukraine, right? I was terrified, like for, for three hours. I don't know if you guys remember this, when Putin put out the five hour, you know, hey, you can take off now, peace talks, just expose everybody. Well, I, I was not afraid to die at that point yet, right? I didn't have any fear of dying. Um, what I was afraid of dying, when I was really afraid of dying is when I got separated from my partner at the time and and then she had to go to her parents and we were split for a week. That first three hours was like terror because I in that moment I was afraid I was gonna die alone, mm -hmm. right? I'm not afraid of dying because I had a sense of purpose like I was taking care of not just myself, but somebody else. But that fear of dying alone, and so I'm like in terror. I'm like, what am I going to do? So, so how did I? I started listening to um, some podcasts and music right away, over and over and over again by Dylan Thomas called "Do Not Go Into That," you know, uh, gently into that dark night, rage, rage against dying of light. I think I read that thing like fifty times, um, and. And and then I and I thought, well, what do I do? Well, I'm a trauma therapist. And I thought, I'm just gonna get grateful. And I started asking people on my journey back three questions, right? And I just got really curious. Because I was curious about other people's trauma, right? I was curious about what are they going through. And because I was able to connect with them along the way, you know, it kind of helped me stay connected and regulated. Because one of the big things with trauma is when we are when we feel so isolated, 
alone, detached, right? We are, when trauma hits, we sort of hide and we isolate and alienate ourselves. And that's what I would tend to do, right? So I couldn't isolate anymore. I couldn't alienate. I had to find ways to get back. So I kept asking questions like, what's your mood? What's your spirit? What do you think the outcome of the war is going to be? And it was wonderful. I just hear all this stuff. So I think for me, finding ways to give back, right? Facing the trauma and connecting with people, gratitude, staying curious, working again, you know, because there was, there was definitely a lot of pain, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of confusion. I didn't speak the language. I just had to go, right? But how did I want to go through it? So I had to go it that way. So I think people going through trauma, you know, and we use a lot of protective strategies, right? To, to avoid feeling that trauma, right? We might get very hypervigilant or fight, flight, freeze, run away, play dead, whatever. Mm-hmm. But all these things are there to protect us and to keep us safe, right? And it's good. It's there to keep us safe. But, and it worked for something, but now we have to recognize what it served for that moment doesn't serve us anymore. It's mastered us. And I had to face a pain. I've got to slay the dragon. Because at once, it, at one time, it was a great servant. Now it's a terrible master. It's got me by the throat. Mm-hmm. So uh, am I making sense? Yeah, yeah, that's totally, I know. And it's it's just crazy how I feel that it helps every time you listen to a podcast or go to a workshop or talk to someone, you can pick up snippets of tools that work for you. And then when you're going through something or healing your trauma, you not only might see someone to help you, but you have a toolbox of your own of methods that can help you get through it or heal it, hopefully heal it, because it is worth it. Oh, yeah. so, Absolutely. So with so Joe, we're we're wrapping up, but I would love to ask you. We're we're really big on the show, as you know, um, about mental health awareness and suicide awareness and anything to reduce the stigma that you know it's something negative, and instead it's something that most of us deal with in some level, whether it be us or whether it be someone else. And I, two statistics that were really fascinating to me. Um, I read that 73% of entrepreneurs have some sort of mental health issue or depression. And then recently, the text hotline or call hotline 988, where you can text or call if you're having suicidal thoughts or you feel like you want to take your own life. They, in six months, have received 2 million people texting or calling that much in the U.S., and it's gone up like a, a, a very high percentage from when they had a actual phone number as opposed to the three-digit number. Yeah. Yeah. How did your take on, you know, what you're seeing right now with, with mental health and um, suicide and what you feel is a good way to start to make a difference with that? Hmm. Okay. Well, I know, I know we've had a lot that's happened in the last three years that hasn't prepared anyone for any of it, right? So we've sort of been learning as we sort of go along, but COVID's had an impact on just the, the rise obviously of 
suicide because more people are isolating, right? Alienated, quarantined, you know, um, and we're more disconnected and there's this loss of social capital that we've been experiencing a lot, especially in the last three years, right? Just this loss, huge loss of social capital. So people are feeling more depressed and more anxious and that's gonna keep going up until we learn to re start connecting again because that's the problem, right? We're so disconnected. So finding ways to authentically connect. And I think as people are starting to maybe venture out, but that number is probably skyrocketing. A, yeah, because the number is easier to access. So that's good. They're getting more people, yeah. they're getting more people help and connecting people to resources that they need them. So yes, call that number if you need it, but absolutely, because there's no or go to the emergency room or, you know, get, get some support right away. Um, you know, or, you know, there's no shame in getting help because I've been there. Right. So it's okay. Yep. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think that, you know, it is rising and that people do need to push themselves a bit to go out and connect. And I just feel it's really important. And statistics show that, that most women, when I've read the study, women have only one to two close friends that they trust. And I think that's great, but to try to expand the circle, to have, you know, just in case those people are busy, to have someone that you can connect with regularly and share your feelings and talk about problems is so important. And hopefully seeing them in person, at least every once in a while, is huge. And I think just having a voice to reduce the stigma will help people to and talk about it and admit it and get help for it. So I think that's really important. And that's one of the biggest reasons we have this show. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so mm -hmm. thank you Joe, for being here. Yeah. And yeah. You know, relationship advice in time for Valentine's. <laughs> and yes. Yeah. Thank you. Great to be here. And uh, make it maybe a good goal for this year for people that are into that stuff. Connection. Yes. Connect. Perfect. Connect. Find ways to connect both ways. Mm -hmm. Giving and receiving. So it'll be good. Yes. And how do we connect with you? Great question. They can contact me through 560-0726. If you call me, you're going to get an international call. Don't do that. Uh, email joe at relationshipsociety.com and then my um, website is www.relationshipsociety.com. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I hope everyone has an amazing Valentine's and thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys. Bye Joe. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Talk Purpose and Truth podcast. Find out more at talkpurposeandtruth.com. And follow us at Talk Purpose Truth on Instagram and Facebook.